What's up, everybody? So I'm with my friend Yoni. Uh, how you been, man? How's everything going? Good, good. A bit tired, but uh, it's okay. Working a lot recently. How about you? Pretty good. We've been going to some pretty uh, awesome parties, huh? Or Sarah, I don't know if I want to use, a par use the word parties, maybe like spiritual uh, gatherings or something. Have you been? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been fun. Um, I've been going to this kind of stuff for last uh, six years or so, uh, seven years. Okay. It's it's fun. It's a it's a herd of kittens because a lot of people are new to this kind of environment in the circle that we kind of find ourselves where we met. And uh, it's it's fun to see that, you know? And uh, it's uh, comical and inspiring and all the things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, it's, it's a fun group to be around. I was around them for a while with uh, my friend, my friend Rohan, but I uh, just recently got reacquainted with going to like the spiritual parties and stuff. I did that maybe like five years ago or a long time ago, but just got back into it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a, it's an interesting experience and, and it can, you have to be ready for it. You have to be in the right state of mind for that. And it can be, it can really be dangerous or not dangerous, but it can be, if, if you don't have the, uh, the enough knowledge or enough high level of consciousness, or awareness of like spiritual ideas, you can get caught up in a, in a type of spirituality that's more self-confirmatory. But I think that I'm, I'm lucky because I have, I have my grandpa's a transpersonal psychologist and he taught me a lot of this, like the, the, the lingo around it and the, the concepts and the principles, spirituality. And like one of the essential ones is the idea of uh, of self-confirmatory behavior and self-transcendent behavior and self-transcendence and being able to discern the difference and and also not not judging but you know discerning because when you judge mm -hmm. that's that's self-confirmatory and that's putting people down and that's putting you up and there is no self is this idea with transpersonal psychology and metapsychiatry mm -hmm. and but there also is no way that there is no formula for transcending the self. So somebody can be in a complete quote unquote demoniac or, you know, self-indulgent uh, mode of being, but he can still be saved. And you even see that in the Quran where Allah chooses to save who he wills. Um, and somebody can be uh, very prude and self-righteous and he may not be saved. He may not get getting self-transcendence but self-transcendence the flow oneness is always there this is what my grand stuff my grandpa taught me so i'm, I'm putting you in on some of this stuff yoni but self-transcendence is always there the flow heaven is always there we're already yeah. there but you just got to let go to that um, yeah I, I i find that uh definitely um i find i find a lot of that to be true um, with uh, the first time, the first the evening we met, it was uh, very 
it was this cacao ceremony and it's uh, been held by someone who's never done this before. And she was super cute and um, it was, it was funny, you know, I was, uh, I had, I was having some psilocybin that night and not too much, just enough to kind of like feel grounded. And it was, that's, that's where, that's where it came to me where I was saying it's comical. Uh, it's like when you're, when you remove judgment, everything becomes comical. Yeah. Like, well, especially, especially that scene is comical, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like I could easily be like, oh, I'm above all this. I have like all this experience and like sitting in circles and, and then now this is happening and, um, you know, people are uh, um, kind of coming out and just sharing themselves. It's beautiful and everything, but also you can, you can see exactly where they are in their path. Um, it's just like entering this uh, world of spirituality and kind of like holding on to the walls of the hallway to 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 walk down this path uh, and uh well that's what i'm doing as well but uh it's, it was cute you know and at times i would think that i would want to judge of course like in those kind of situations it's so easy to judge um i think the alternative you saying transcending and i'm thinking simply being like just hanging out like we were doing this eye gazing and yeah, my, my, could, yeah, my grandpa says it's, it's discerning instead of judging. Like when you, when you judge it's with attitude and attitude calls attention to the self. But when you just mm -hmm. discern, you, you transparently just see, see things for the, as, as they are. And there's no judgment right. involved in attitude and emotion. Right. So in the eye gazing, I was simply looking into people's eyes without any story. I'm not giving you energy. I'm not blessing you. I'm not, I'm just looking into your eyes. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not. And it's beautiful or not. But like, I mean, that's when judgment comes in. But I, I just didn't, it's just, it's interesting. You could just like steer away from it. And it feels, it feels pretty good when you're like not in that zone. I, re I remember that would have that was a big struggle of mine when I was 20 years old. Um, it's when I started realizing that I'm judging all the time and I just want to run away from it. Um, but uh, I I think I think it, this is why it's so key the the understanding of the meta psychiatry and transpersonal psychology that my grandpa taught me, and it's it's just that idea of self transcendence and and that's you know just just yeah judging is calling attention to yourself and it's sucking you into the self. But what we really want is to is to be completely free, and and this is and this is not like following your whims and your fancies and your impulses free, because that's actually a form of slavery. And you you hear you hear like the the Orthodox rabbis talk about that a lot, right? Like you know there, there's the laws is actually there to help you as a concession to your immaturity, where you follow it. But again, 
but there's there's no formula. Some people follow it and and they're not saved uh, from the ego. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, what what re- people really want is to be free in that is in that state of oneness and purity, and that's that's what beauty is. That's what people are really attracted to. Yeah, you know, and and that's 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 the ultimate state. But yeah, and judgment is 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 bringing you into this self. Um, I don't know. I've I've always I I I don't, I don't want to be boasting, but I think I've always had a tendency not to to try not to judge people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah. But at the same time, yeah. But but to be completely. Yeah, there, there's no formula. Once again, to, you don't want to judge people for judging. You know, it's just, you know, like you said, being. I guess. Yeah, I'm, uh, when I was. So, you, we, I was, I was asking you about your podcast. How's it going? And you're like, oh, you want to be on my podcast? Okay, let's do it tomorrow. I was like, okay. uh, what? <laughs> What are we going to talk about? And I was um, I was very excited. I didn't show up the next day because I was very tired. I just slept through, but I was very excited about it. And actually, the, that that night as well. This is a a week after we met the first time. Um, I was um, we were doing this uh, uh, cacao ceremony again. This time with um, a lot more mushrooms, and um, I, I, I started to take any. By the way, though, I don't know if you know that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I took um, some extra. Um, there was offering like some. Um, everyone had some. Like most of you had some. And then there was some extra, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take some extra with one of my one of the guys there." And it was uh, it was great. And I'm starting to do this thing where I record myself um, when I'm kind of, you know, uh, when I'm coming up, when I'm coming down on the journey. So on my way, on my drive back home, I started recording myself and my thoughts. And um, then I, uh, I felt like I didn't want to stop recording. So I paused it when I got home and I came into my room. I laid in a, uh, uh, in, I lie down uh, to take care of my body because my body was talking to me. Just relax, relax, relax. And then I started, uh, I kept on talking and I had this thought that I had in the shower that I was kept, I kept on elaborating about. And the thought was how, uh, how, what would the miracle of birth um, and how our mother is just like 99.9999999 like every human being that's that's like how much she is of every human being and then there's like the dad the, the father it's a sperm that is 0.00000 like nothing in comparison to what the woman is contributing to life Think about it. How what's, what's how comical is that? That like God is saying that you put this 
microscopic thing exactly in this uh, moment in the right environment in the right um, setting and then a uh, hundred and uh, seventy pound creature comes to be uh, a few years later and then I kept on thinking about it and I was going into where does the soul fit in because we have the, the the biological part and the genetic part and um the traits and everything that makes us as a human being in the physical world but then like where's the idea of the soul comes comes from and the idea of the soul that we um a lot of people like to believe is that it's a very personal soul it's like it's me and i just continue to be forever because souls don't die the physical body dies but souls don't die and yeah i i i found that to be very much attachment you know especially also like the buddhists they they a lot of it is like recognitions and What's the idea of recognition? It's the, the ultimate attachment to the soul. So that we think that we just keep on going and going. And then I'm like, no, I don't think so. You know what? How about we go back to everything and then we come back as like rain, you know? That it kind of evaporates into the sky and then water comes down again but it's completely different structure, completely different um, quality, and completely different person. And I embrace that, you know, and I love that uh, idea. Yeah, that's, uh, which that's leaves us. Yeah, sorry, and and, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna wrap up. Like, it leaves us to appreciate this life totally every single moment because this is it this is it you know um so that's in a nutshell what i was going through and i have like a recording of me stumbling through that whole idea for like an hour <laughs> i really love that idea and uh and it's very opposed to a lot of the religious people's perception of it and uh -huh. that's probably a good thing <laughs> and yeah you know and and the the reason why is because when number one we we take it for granted that they know what they're talking about and that and that they they're even articulating what the scriptures say but they're not so people let's just like look at the bhagavad gita where that's where the where the hari krishna will say okay this is where this is talking about the immortality of the soul and all that Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to deny maybe they're right. But, but the thing is, if you look at that story, they're taking it literally. And that story is just a gigantic metaphor all the way throughout. And, and like Arjuna, who, who Krishna is telling Arjuna about how he needs to, you know, go into this fight and then his soul, you know, Arjuna is saying like, I don't want to go into the fight because I, you know, I want to, you know, it, it doesn't the, the, the scriptures tell us the, that if, you know, our souls will be better off if we don't fight. And then 
so he's attached to not fighting right so then krishna says no you have to fight and uh and then krishna says like no your soul is going to go on forever like there is no death don't worry about it which is a cool it's a good idea that, yeah that's the idea of non-attachment uh, yeah, actually, Arjuna was attached to the idea that he had a soul, just like you said. Right? That's the ultimate attachment. It's yeah. like not attachment, not attachment, not attachment, but my soul, it's mine. It's me. It's the ultimate I. <laughs> and, and I've, I've always I've always thought this like and this is what Nietzsche talked about. I always had, had this kind of intuition of Nietzsche's idea of the eternal recurrence that we live this life over and over and over and over again forever. And mm -hmm. but even you can become attached to that. So like, yeah you don't have to even believe that but yeah so back but back to the bhagavad gita because a lot of people are really like this this book it's it's like a really popular book in hinduism mm -hmm. but even this arjuna you have to look at it all metaphorically because that's what it is arjuna is a son of the of the storm god so he is the storm god the son is the father kind of like in the new testament jesus is the son of the god of israel and he is the father well, it's the same thing in the Hindu scriptures. If you look, I was the first person to discover this, Yoni, and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe give you a, uh, send you something on this, but in the New Testament, Jesus, Jesus' life is the exact parallel of the God of the Old Testament, but it's all metaphorical. So for instance, Jesus stops the wind, like the God of the Old Testament stops the wind. And then Jesus, and, and what, so this is, what this is doing is it's the same exact thing that happened in the Hindu scriptures where they had the, the mythologies about their gods and then they had these, the, the Mahabharata, which portrayed the sons of the gods as their fathers. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Arjuna, he's a son of Indra. And, and he battles in the story against Karna, who's the son of the sun god. Karna's on the side of the um, Karavas. And... Arjuna is on the side of the Pandavas, and that's what the Mahabharata is about, about this war between them. Well, okay. if you look at the whole Hindu Hindu mythology, you have this, it, there's always a conflict between the storm god and the sun god. But what is that? That's just because look at nature. The, the storm is mm -hmm. always blocking the sun. The sun shoots its rays through the clouds, and you know the, the clouds and the sun are, are in a constant conflict. And that's what the, that's in the Mahabharata. Where Krishna, Vishnu sustaining, he's on the side of Arjuna and, and the other Pandavas, and they're fighting the sun god, sun, Karna, and that's just the, that's just the clouds versus sun. And on, on Karna's side, we have Shiva, who's the god of destruction and knowledge and power, right? The, the bad mm -hmm. one. So we have the sustaining versus destruction aspect. So all this is metaphorical. So when, when, and, and I can go into detail about all of these different characters in it. There's the son of the Ganges river. There's this, of the Ganges God. There's a the son of the, the wind God. There's a the son, and all of them are playing out their, their roles within this, in, in a metaphorical resonance. And there's, mm -hmm. there's deeper meanings to it. But the fact, but then people take it literally. And it, like you go to Hare Krishna place and they don't know any of this background. And I, it took, I didn't know any of it. I had to study for hours and hours and listen to a bunch of movies. And I watched a ton of movies and just like looked over Wikipedia and studied all this for, for a very long time. But 
you see, they take it all literally and they think, okay, Arjun is saying this and, and they think of Arjun as just like a regular guy and they're not recognizing that this is, there's like a, a much deeper significance behind all this. So yeah, so then, then, then they talk about this idea of reincarnation and they look at the Mahabharata and they say, look, there's reincarnation in the Mahabharata. Look how, look at how Vedavati in this one story now becomes Sita in the Ramayana and then she becomes this in the Mahabharata and they say, you see, that happens in real life. But all those are metaphorical stories. <laughs> and the same thing in the in the what the what the rabbis do they'll they'll look at like uh sarah and isaac and they'll say okay well look at this character here in this story too their, their, their stories parallel each other so they must be reincarnation of each other so we reincarnate as well because they're taking the stories literally mm -hmm. yeah this whole like a recognition idea it's like uh, it has a lot of power behind it um it's it's the power of um, keeping you from doing wrong, right? Keeping you because yeah. you're gonna come back as a stone. Or but it doesn't though. It doesn't keep people from doing wrong. It actually, you know, a lot of times fosters people acting in in pretty uh, crazy manners, and gets people really sucked in and locked in and blocked up. Yeah, like um, oh, uh, I messed up so bad. Um, I can't never uh like you know uh clean this up i might as well just keep on going <laughs> or this whole like idea of punishment living the life where there's going to be consequences and there's going to be punishment and the whole stories that we're telling ourselves the whole way to the grave you know there, there's so, like so much fear yeah a lot of misery yeah a lot of misery in the way there um and it's it's a Wow, I, I'm really like, this was Sunday. This was Sunday night where I kind of, it hit me that I didn't think about this. Like, like this is the first time it comes to me where you were saying the sun and the clouds and the, just like, it reminds me of this, like kind of, there's the, 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 the bullet metaphor. It's a really quick one. And then there's also like, I derived it from out of nature. So what I see it is like there's a, 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 a hot pan and um, it's got a lid over it and there's a certain amount of condensation in there. There's a certain amount of like liquid that is like constantly um, collecting on the top and dropping onto the surface and um, it's, it drops into the surface and that's our whole lifespan is the drop that is falling from the lid onto the surface. It hits the pan, we die, we reburst into um, uh, fumes again, not fumes, uh, uh, steam, and we uh, gather again in the source on the, on the lid. Now, what we want to believe is that we come back again. Yeah. The same drop like the same soul. What I think is happening is just like, you know, like this cocktail. It's just like kind of like turns and like, that's why we're all one is because it's, it's just like source, it's life. It's like a orange, like an orange. It's, it's just, it's, it is the orange until it's not, until it's like eaten, until the seeds just, the seeds continue it. It's not the same orange with the same concept, the same idea. You know, it's the same source. So we see it in nature, you see it in the pan, you see it like you, you, you get the, 
like this oneness. And then once there's no recognition and you're left with a, a very like in the in the in the moment, like everyone talks about living in the moment, that that's the um, salvation. Yeah. You know, there is no everyone's moment. like, huh? And then my grandpa says that there is no moment because it's like it's a, it's the timeless moment because there's no time. So how could there be a moment? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of like just existence. There is. There's just like we, we are. And and then everything else is like mostly what our mind tells us, like interpreting the moment, right? And just pollutes it. <laughs> because we, we can't we can't show up to the moment just pure vessel and just relax into it because we're weird, you know? And it's that's the biggest challenge. So like I'm I I just refuse since Sunday, yeah, a few days. I refuse to not celebrate everything, you know, whatever it is. Just like I'm just left with celebration of grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. In the recording, I said, how is it that you don't call your mom every day and you tell her thank you? Thank you, you know? You brought me into this world. And, and I also say you could thank your dad too, but like, yeah. Sure, yeah, right. It just contributes point zero point whatever to your biological uh, uh, structure. But your mom, she carried you. She brought you into this well, world. You have to go through a lot to get to your mom, yeah. She, she yeah, and she also, you, you are her. You are her. Like, you are 99% her, you know? You, like, come out of her body. It's, like, it's, it's so beautiful. And... I, I said, I'm going to call her the next day and thank her. And I was like, hey, mom, I called her the next day. Thank you. I like celebrate you. I celebrate my life. Thank you but, for bringing me into this world. But but really, she's not your mom. And and you aren't you aren't you. you there, there is there, there's no thing, you know, and that's what like Shiva gets to is he, he was he's eternal and he was never born. Okay. And that's the same thing with you. And he, so yeah, that's that's when you get into the really deep stuff. So that, that could be attachment to your mom and your belief. Yeah, but but no, I, I totally believe in attachment to my mom and to my family structure and to all the people that I come in contact with. Why do I believe that? Because I think that I'm here to bring joy into people's life. And that's what we're here for, to bring joy into people's life and just coexist together and just be like uh, leaves of the same tree. And it's, it's, I wanted that to be super personal because I love my mom so much for bringing me into this world and for everything she's done to, for me and um, like my family and siblings. And I want to love them up until the day I die because based on my theory, like there's people who uh, say that there's uh, soul contracts and we come into each other's life every time in a different form. and all that and that's all beautiful but i don't want to believe that i want to believe that this is my only unique interaction with everyone that is around me and then i'm gonna go up remember nothing remember no one come back into this world when that's when i become a drop again and i fall into uh, into the earth and come back and and i just saw this movie uh, soul have you seen it the disney movie yeah. mm -hmm. 
I've just seen it. And the whole idea there is, what was the last sentence? I forgot, but it was echoing in my head. The last sentence of the movie kind of like says it all. But it's, it's basically, yeah, yeah, moment. It just comes down to like, be in the moment, be alive, you know, just be there and appreciate what you have in your life. Not what you have in your life as like, oh, I have this uh, whatever. No, every single freaking moment, you know, from the leaf that falls in his palm and those magical, every moment is so magical, so magical. Huh? You you could like I you can get paralyzed from this, but yeah, for a while I was looking for significance like in every moment, like in a dream. Like, okay, this meant something. There was some sort of metaphorical meaning behind that interaction I just had, and it's pointing me toward a synchronicity in this direction, and I should therefore go this direction. And yeah, I got really captivated by that. Yeah, you can make up all the stories you want, like from every single thing that happens to you, then drive meaning from it. Like, ah, that's not a lot of fun. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. It's For me, it wasn't. Oh, For no. me, it wasn't. Not your experience. But, but I, I want to say, say this, Yoni, too, about your idea. We were talking about the soul. Yeah. First off, there's, five, there, there's three levels. Most people believe there's three levels. But then the, in the Zohar, they talk about a fourth. But again, all this could be metaphorical. And, and the, the fascinating thing is, you know, I read the whole Bible and it's, it's debatable. That, that's the beautiful thing about the Bible and the beautiful thing about the, the Hindu scriptures and stuff is all these different interpretations can all be believed because there's contradictions and it doesn't explicitly say in the stuff that even is explicitly said, it's questionable if it's metaphorical or not. So yeah, there, there, were, there were four sects of the Jews at the time of Jesus. And they all had believed different things. The, the Sadducees thought that, there, that, that after life, there was no reincarnation or, or resurrection. They thought that was just a metaphor. Then the Pharisees, they say, no, there is a resurrection. And then there's people who look at the, they say that they look at the, the Torah, there's not really a soul. Or maybe you go to Gehenna or not, not Gehenna, but uh, I forget. But, but basically, and then you're like, there, there's certain sects that say, no, everybody believes all these different things because the Bible doesn't explicitly like, necessarily say it in it and everything that's said there's contradictions and i think that that's even intentional it could be divine all divine and the idea is it doesn't want you to get, become attached to any one of those views and that that's why it, it, is, it is there's like a meta consistency of inconsistency mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people look at that and they say that detracts from the bible and they say okay see that must have been written by different people and it, therefore it's not divine and stuff but i would say no it could be divine but that's part of the that that was part of the purpose. Um, so you don't you don't memorize and get locked into any one orientation. Um, because once you get locked into any any one of them, now 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 you're stuck. Now now you still believe you're still believing yourself. You're still in the dream. You you're still mm -hmm. uh, you're still still caught up and you're taking things seriously, and you're not in the flow. You're not in that oneness, non-dual nature. Yeah, like, um, you know, whatever floats your boat, yeah? Whatever, whatever makes you be, like, happy and kind and loving and whatever stories you need to tell yourself. Hopefully it's not uh, driven by 
punishment and reward. I mean, it's cool. I mean, people raise their kids like that, and that's, I mean, I don't want to do that, but kids turn out a certain way, and that's fine. Happy and everything, and they, they, they have a good life. Um, I just want to get out of the um, uh, reward and punishment system. And I, I feel like it's, it's, I'm, I'm on the edges of leaving and it feels great. You know, I, I do have a habits that I'm not a, um, a good, that in the past I wasn't particularly um, ecstatic about that I think they were like weighing me down. Like, yeah, just chill, you know? And this is happening right now and the next moment, the next moment is happening and just moving from moment to moment, you know? Um, we're just like being, like you're saying, I don't know about uh, like, there is moment, there isn't the moment. It's like, again, you could just get, get into the like, uh, get the, the- The paradox the, is so essential, yeah. So you don't get caught yeah, up. So just don't get caught up in anything. They're just like, this world is beautiful and just be grateful. I mean, how, how much, how you, I don't know, how, how much can, can you dig, you know? You know, I've been digging since I was, I started uh, when I was 18, yeah. you know, I started like kind of um, looking into this like rabbit hole and it's, it's, it's going deep into this rabbit hole when you're like, dude, just chill. Uh, there was, um, there was this uh, a poem that uh, my friend sent to me um, when I was traveling Europe, when I was 22, and I was questioning everything. Um, and she says, she sends this poem and it says, the, the tree shows branches and leaves. The sky shows um, the moon and the stars. Some things just leave at that. You don't need to derive meaning out of everything, you know? And here I am digging. How deep does the, I look at, I, I don't look at a tree and appreciate it. I, I, I spend my whole life digging around how deep does the roots go? <laughs> so so this, is, this is what ends up happening, Yoni. Now, now we can get caught up in an orientation of, of just chilling and that's a quote unquote hippie one, but now you still are self, you still are in the, in the you're still in the dream, but you, it's, it's a self-confirmatory behavior of just relaxing. Okay. Now I have this formula. I'm just going to relax. Then you mm -hmm. can say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Now I'm just going to go all out and I'm going to be goal oriented and punishment oriented. And that's fine too. That's the third quadrant. I, we haven't talked too much about the quadrant, but that's thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming, and that's going for goals. And people see that as bad. But before you can get to the flow, to, to transcendence, sometimes you, you have to first pass through that and figure out that making things happen doesn't work work out. It's like when I when I was younger and I played basketball. If you think you're not going to do that good, if you have if you're too goal oriented and stuff, but if you if you're just one and you're not aware, that was when I was doing every, everything so like magnificent because mm -hmm. I was beyond the goal oriented and my body and I was in that flow but mm -hmm. there's sometimes you have to first pass through it and try to make things happen and figure out it doesn't work 
and and some and, and like even like Einstein, he says that he first thought about things and you know he's, he's he maybe had goals and he was working really hard at it, but he described but when he had the revelation, it was when he let go. He said it was like when he was eating an apple, and then he said the idea tap him on the shoulder, and say here I am. It's when he let go, he's eating the apple, and then the divine came to him because he no longer was trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah but making things happen can also be being just chilling is another form of making things happen. It's like, okay, I'm just going to chill and then things are going to be good for me, but you still are, are making things happen and you still think that you're a separate self and you're still in, in dualistic consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I've never, um, it's funny you're saying chilling and making like, I've never worked so many hours um, doing my, my, my job like or working over 80 hours a week and um i also never made uh, as much money as i'm making right now mm. and it's comes from this job that i never thought that will even ever do and i'm having a good time and it's great it's like things things i, I don't know like i'm not just just listening and relaxing into the flow, like you're saying, it's it's like for. It's like not that I'm in flow all the time. It's just that if yeah, if we're not trying to achieve, if we're not, if we don't have the script, if we're not trying to um, live the script that we're writing, then I think there's a lot more room to actually have progress yeah for me for me it's like so essential to to like free yourself of blockages and trying like okay now i have this formula i'm gonna gonna try to make things happen i believe everything is energy and stuff and but like for me i just want to have a fluid free mind and creative Mm -hmm. and and for me a lot of that is going all out and that's why like the idea of chilling for me, I feel like the flow happens or it it can happen through, through relaxing it. There's nothing that you can do to make the flow happen is the idea with transpersonal psychology. You can do it through Mm -hmm. the, through the hippie method, or you could do it through the businessman method, but either way you can't make it happen. It happens by grace is the idea. Like, so in the, in the, in the new Testament, Paul says that you're saved by grace and not works. And you know, like only by faith are you saved. And that's the idea that nothing that you can do can save you, but it's grace. It happens on accident. It, it, my grandpa would call it like an anticipated accident. You can prepare for it. So yeah, you prepare, you do things. But then when it comes, if you the self can't transcend the self. It comes by grace. It comes by accident. It's, a, it's an expected surprise because you prepare for it. So it's expected, but it's still a surprise. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. Of, and that's what salvation is. And, and maybe there is an afterlife this is what metapsychiatry or like transpersonal psychology teaches. Maybe there is one and people who are still very attached to the, to the self and in ego consciousness. Yeah. Maybe they have more difficult time uh, being, becoming free of the body. And that's, that's what the, the Jewish, you know, the rabbis talk about. That's what I think the Buddhists talk about that too. But the idea is there's no, there's no formula for becoming free of the body. Somebody can be, you know, the same thing with like the Muslims. They, they said that Allah just chooses who he wills. And so it's not you who's choosing it. It's Allah. You're not a part of that. If it was you, you can't do it because the self can't transcend the self. 
What do you mean be free of the body? So this is this is like this is transcendence of this is when you you transcend the emotions, thoughts. So one one thing that that a lot of spiritual people think is they think, okay, I'm gonna get rid of my thoughts and I'm gonna be feeling oriented and emotional. But that's still the body, that's still the ego. But at least mm -hmm. it's getting you out of your thoughts. It's a step in the right direction. But still you're stuck, you're stuck in the body. The flow is a state where you transcend experience. This is like the non-dual state, and it's no longer you. And that's the oneness. And that's like if you're in a dream and now you're in lucid, the lucid dream where you recognize that you don't really exist. It's it's all an illusion. And that's like the non-dual consciousness. So the idea with, with this is, yeah, you, then you transcend experience. Then you transcend emotions. You transcend thought. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when that's the, when you're connected with the divine. That's when everything is inspiration and and just like perfect. And, and allegedly, somebody who's more in that state, who's cultivated that capacity, is going to have an easier transition after death. But then again, we have the paradox. Now we have people afraid of, can I get myself to that to that transition? And there's now they're stuck in themselves. And now the idea would be they in, in the in that transition, they would have a difficult time still. So there's no formula. This is the, these are, these are like mm -hmm. the concepts of, of metapsychiatry, like transpersonal psychology. Mm -hmm. But it gets complicated. But, uh, but I do want to say, I want to say this though too, oh, but, but any, any other thoughts of that, Yoni? Any, any ideas with that? No, you're talking about the transition and yeah. um, what comes to mind is some experience that I had with uh, Changa, which is uh, like a form of DMT with some other um, roots and whatever, I don't know, um, other plants. And what, what happens, so uh, what scientists tell us is that when you die, um, you produce DMT like really high amounts of DMT in your brain. And DMT is what's, it's like your fuels for your dreams, basically. Um, it's like this thing that's kind of allows you, let's say uh, it's the, the the graphic card or, you know, where, where all the imagery and like kind of um, this other planets, other like this uh, higher experience can happen. Uh, that is not connected to any logic or um, anything that you are secured by, yeah, like logic. <laughs> so um, in my experience back then, it really took me to this place where I, I'm starting to see how it comes together really tight with Vipassana and with this type of meditation where your your equanimity is the most uh, is the is the goal basically of uh, being really relaxed with whatever is going on, um, whatever experiences that you're having, and in this meditation, vipassana meditation, you focus on your body and you focus 
on sensations um, and you see how it arises and passes away, arises and passes away. And that's such a great uh, practice because um, if you sit and do that and concentrate in doing that and kind of that's like the gym so you could go out to life and see how everything is passing, arising and passing or emotional states and relationships and everything in our life. So then you're kind of like straining the muscle of uh, uh, um, remaining equanimous. And it's not that you don't get upset or anything. It's just that you kind of are able, you have more capacity to hold a more uh, uncomfortable perhaps situation without losing your center. And then what once, so if that's the practice, if that's my practice right now in, in, in my like spiritual path is to relax into uh, being able to uh, remain equanimous with what's going on, then I was thinking uh, during this journey of the Shangha that's in the transition at the end, that's when you're really being tested with your equanimity and like with being able to uh, go through this transition of death. And it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to my next Changa experience and see, because it was really uncomfortable, um, this uh, uh, journey that I did. Um, I'm really curious what the next one's gonna be, but um, basically the download was, if you're able to relax in any situation, then it doesn't matter what's gonna come up next, like taking into consideration the, the possibility that you're um, this uh, soul that you are, you know, quote unquote soul, um, it, it remembers and knows and is trained to remain equanimous because who's an equanimous? Which part of me is like remaining relaxed? Which part of me is doing this spiritual um, work, you know? Uh, so um, like, if, if that is the case that we could like transition with that kind of uh, with, with the spiritual training that we've been doing here, then great. It doesn't matter what comes up next because you're able to relax into whatever it is. Um, but in case that you, there isn't nothing uh, to be driven by this idea that you have to prepare for some transition, what a hell of a life. That's misery, you know? Like, oh, I need to prepare for death. Otherwise, yeah, well, I don't know. Self-confirmatory. Yeah, you're still worried about yourself and saving yourself. And the idea is there is no self. Right. So, like, then it just brings me back to just appreciate, relax, and live this life and rock it. You know, really rock it. And enjoy and bring love into the world, which is the bottom line. Just bring more love. Yeah. Um... I know like in, in Judaism, a, a really uh, important aspect is, is to be constantly learning and, and constantly studying and exploring. And, and the idea with that is, and, and they had, there's like a metaphor that I heard from a sage that they're, they're, you're not supposed to build a, an idol out of like a rock because you can't change that idol. But you can build a monument out of many rocks because that can constantly evolve. And that's the way you want to be. 
Mm-hmm. So once you become stagnant and that, that's when, that's when you are locked into one orientation and okay, now I'm just going to, I'm going to relax and, and I'm going to, I'm going to be chill. And that, that could be the, the quote unquote hippie orientation. There's nothing wrong with it, but you still can believe that you're a self um, in, in that aspect. And idea with constantly learning though, and constantly exploring and discovering is in, 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 and they talk about this with, uh, um, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, the Fiddler on the Roof in, in, that, in that movie, you have the, the religious Jews who are, who are stuck in tradition. They're stuck in very self-confirmatory mode of being like, you know, doing their songs and, and they believe that they are that they are Jews or you believe that, you know, people believe that they're a man or that they're a woman. They believe that they're the body and they're not in that transcendent level where there, there's no thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, the other group of people who, um, who, who are like communists and they're kind of like more the hippie orientation, like, Oh, forget all that Bible stuff. That's all, that's all dumb. And, but they still believe that they're a self though. And they're still trying to make things happen. But then there's a fiddler on the roof and, and he's, he's the paradigm or the paragon and he's in creativity and he's, he's playing music cause he's, he's on the, on, on the threshold of discovery. And he's, mm-hmm. so he's constantly evolving and growing and that's not self-confirmatory because that's, He's, he's never stagnant. He's never uh, stuck in one place. There's, there's no, uh, there's no shortcuts or blockages of the energy. And he's, mm. he, so, so he's in a, in a constant state of evolution and development. And, and you see that in, in the Judaism talks about that. And then you look in closely at a lot of these spiritual traditions like Hinduism. Yeah. There, there's this, the, the emphasis on learning because learning is different, is, is a way to, of self, as a, a motive to help self transcendence. But again, we know too, that somebody can be into, in, in, too intellectual and not have any real understanding, no, no real insight, you know, wisdom and understanding. And his learning can just be a, a form of self-preoccupation and self, uh, you know, consolidation as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's so many paradoxes and, and complexities with it. But yeah, but that, that's one thing. And, and, and that's one thing my grandpa told me is, is you want to be like Forrest Gump. And that's like Forrest Gump was constantly running at whatever he did. And he was going all, all different places, but he never got stuck in one place. Mm-hmm. So he was in that constant growth and evolution. Um, yeah. yeah. I hear that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, that can become a formula. And then someone can memorize that and they're okay, I'm going to become constantly growing it. But and then they're still stuck in the self. You see that there's no formula. That's a, that is that's a paradox stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so Yoni, so tell me uh just a little bit more about how you got uh, involved in with the uh, with the spiritual practices and all that, and and, and more more of your experiences. And just tell me anything like anything profound, profound that you've been, um, that, that, that you've experienced recently or just at any time, like in, in your spiritual um, life. Yeah. Um, I don't have a prepared, uh, um, answer to that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't think it's very important. I'll tell you what, this, uh, this comes to my mind. 
this this could talk to a lot of teenagers out there. I was reading Nietzsche when I was uh, 17, 18, and I really took him to heart, you know? And he talks in his uh, book, uh, in his prophecy, uh, um, Zarathustra, uh, right? I remember it's Hebrew. So yeah. he talks about uh, the superfluous people. Okay. And like he has a lot of anger in this in this prophecy, and he 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 has anger towards the superfluous people who just take up space. And I was like, yeah, the superfluous people, you know, yeah, <laughs> seventeen, eighteen, with this agenda of like they exist, and I don't like them. <laughs> taking up space, he calls it the market flies the market flies and then uh, we were um, I was bringing that I like like a good uh, like a good teenager on a spiritual path I of course bring uh, every weekend my new teachings to my family mm -hmm. and we discuss them passionately and uh, my parents are like okay okay yeah yeah okay and then everyone goes into uh, I get passionate and go into debates and stuff and then there was this one debate where I was uh, going uh, with uh, my sister, my brother, my mom, everyone was there during some dinner or something. And I was talking about superfluous people. And I remember it was like all in the heat of the moment, you know? And I had a great judgment towards my family. Uh, absolutely. like. Um, uh, they're not on a spiritual path and uh, um, like I'm here to save them or whatever, you know, bullshit was going through my mind uh, back then. And there was this moment where my sister, my younger sister really got upset. And she asked me, um, so you think there are superfluous people that just can die and just go like they, they, they all need to die and and then uh, she looks at me very like, like really with a lot of energy. And she's like, do you think I'm superfluous? <laughs> and, then my, and then my brother turns to her and says, don't ask him questions you don't want to hear the answer to. And then kind of we moved on to the next uh, subject. And that, uh, that's, that's really sad, you know, because I feel like the the sadness comes from we're so, like I was so passionate about figuring stuff out, and when like it all boils down to love, it all boils down to acceptance and love. The Kabbalah, Kabbalah, what the meaning of Kabbalah is acceptance. And the, it's it's like the the biggest. It's like maybe the most divine, you know, scripture to learn about life, like the Zohar and Kabbalah and like Kabbalah Zohar is part of Kabbalah. And you're like, that's 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 everything. And just having compassion. And I I really feel for people like that went through what I went in my spiritual journey, especially in the beginning. 
with all the mistakes and all the hurdles that they went through and it's really painful you know and i i love my sister so much i'll die for my sister like twice a day you know she's amazing person and like everyone every single every, every single person in my family will die for them and it's regardless to who they are and what they uh, represent or um, if I love them or not. I mean, it's just like at this point, uh, I'll almost die for anyone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely, for some reason, family is above all for me. Um, and I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> And um, it's just, I, I, I would say that I, I wish I, like if there was something profound in my, spiritual, in my spiritual journey that I've kind of learned is that just not take things so seriously and just relax, you know? Yeah. And, and be, be with the people that are around you. No one's against you. You know, no one, um, and and get, like having the compassion for everyone, and it's not compassion of like condescending. You could easily have condescending compassion of like, oh, I'm compassionate towards you because you're stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like such horrible. It's not compassion. Or like a psychiatrist, like, okay, I'm compassionate for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna force feed you some medicine. And because I want to save you, that's not really. Good. Yeah, like it's it's uh, this compassion for, um, yeah, ignorance or something. I don't know, but um, it's not it's not even there. You know, um, it's just compassion and love for everyone, just because, just because like life is a celebration and like it's a party. You know, you go through a party. You don't kind of. You just enjoy the music and enjoy each other. That's that's what it all is, you know, and help each other up. Some some people get shit faced. You help them too, you know. <laughs> yeah, with with in, in terms of when, when you're talking about the family, and I'm I'm in in the in the like I, I mentioned it before that that you don't your mother isn't your mother and the father isn't your father, and all that and and that's kind of Jesus mentions that. And, and I'm not I'm not preaching about Jesus or anything, but Jesus mentions that where he says, um, I'm talking I'm thinking that Jesus is the self the, or the transcendent consciousness, where he said someone says like, oh your mother and father are here, and Jesus says, who's my mother and father? Those who do the will of of my Father in heaven. And that's that's kind of the the oneness consciousness, the the non dual consciousness where now you don't see, and, and I haven't achieved I'm not at that state. I still believe that I'm this self and I still get caught up in the ego and I'm not in that oneness conscious where I'm just pure inspiration, just, just achieving insight for, you know, one, one is unity, unity, union with God. But mm -hmm. when you're in that state, apparently you don't identify with your mom or your dad or any group or anything. Like there is no thing and everything is one. And yeah, well, you were you were saying that I mentioned that that I'm not from my mom. I'm not. No, you no, mentioned, I that. mentioned that. Yeah, no, I mentioned that. I yeah, mentioned, yeah, yeah. Okay. You mentioned you mentioned your mom and dad, and I mentioned that. Yeah. 
Right, try to do that. Oh, well, you mentioned that you come from your mom or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a type of state that I that I think that I've been trying to realize now because I know that before for a while for many years I was caught up in the ego, in the self believing that I was this and this, holding on to identities. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so it's freeing and, and there's like reality really blesses that state of, and this is that fourth quadrant, third quadrant is the ego and the ego is magnificent in its accomplishments, but it's limited in its reach. But if you can really get to that state where now, or I guess you're already there, but when you're in that state of now, everything is one, you're not identifying as anything. You're not a man, a woman, black, white, uh, know homosexual heterosexual you recognize that you're not your body and that's that or you don't recognize you just are like that that's that's that non-dual state and that's when that that's ironically when you're not trying to make it happen as much apparently that's when the blessings magnify right yeah exactly it's like you can't force yourself to like say get into the uh, the flow state that you were talking about like playing basketball or like you can't force time to you know how time flies by like uh, certain activities that you do yeah you can't force that shit into any activity you know and it's like All, all, all I am is awake, you know? It's not, it's not that I'm enlightened or anything, for sure, absolutely not. But like I'm 30 years old and I'm wide awake, you know? I'm like uh, awake enough to distinguish between what is pure and what's not pure as far as like what's contributing to my life and brings love and joy and um, kind of contributes to my uh, well-being because ultimately all I want is ultimate well-being you know like I think that's for short bursts of time this person will help that and that thing will help that and um, things that I buy or things that I think I want and need but like ultimately we just want to be happy we all just want to be happy and yeah it's just just it's 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 I don't know, just realizing that I'm awake, basically. Is that what I came to? Um and I don't know what is enlightened. Definitely not something that you could um walk towards with a map. Definitely not that. Yeah, you can't manage if I sit and meditate. Huh? You can't manufacture it, but yeah, it's, it's like, I, I would say it would be like being Forrest Gump. That's the closest you could get. Yeah, it's like, it's a state where you're absolutely not trying, right? We, we cover that. And you, it's a place that you, you can arrive, but you can't go to. <laughs> well, you're already, apparently you're already there. You're already there though. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. Right. You can arrive, but you never go to. You could be there, but you can never go to it. And we can never like deliberately go there. 
this is this is a saying that my grandpa says. He says he says you can't get there from here, but only those who refuse to accept that will discover that there is here. So you you uh, can't get there, but there is here. You can't get there. Uh, yeah. Right. But it's already there. It's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But I want I want to mention this Yoni, in the, because I think that that we can we can address this topic. And I'm not gonna say say what we did, but dude, that last party was was pretty spectacular. Were you there? The last one? I don't think you were there. Yeah. You were there. Oh, which which last one? Sunday, no? Well, the, the, there there was one where where we got it was it was it was really really amazing, and and there was a lot of you know a lot of free love going on, and so I was just listening to an audio book, and, and they're talking about this idea, where okay, well, what's natural? Is it natural to be like? monogamous and rigid like is that the natural societies or were the societies originally like free love or whatever and i forget what the book was that i was listening to it was an audio book but he was saying that whenever anybody makes these generalizations like oh was, everyone was like he says there's so there are so many different they're, they're like gradations within groups in in different groups in different places of the world we're all practicing different things probably in the jewish culture there are probably ones that were doing for more free love and there were ones who were doing more more rigid orientation but there isn't mm -hmm. any natural one and like people will say okay well the chimpanzees are monogamous but the bonobos they're doing like the free love and stuff but re regardless either way like one would be like shiva worship one's vishnu worship but either way they still believe if, if, if you're holding on to any, either one of those formulas you still believe that you're a self and especially if you're trying to like if, if a Vishnu worshiper is, is not having sex and he's rigid just because he wants to go to heaven, well, it's still self-confirmatory and it's still self-preoccupation. So that's mm -hmm. not the flow. But then someone's doing the free love. Well, it could still be self-confirmatory, self-preoccupation. It's still not the flow, but at, at least he's breaking free. There's a story of the prodigal son. The, pro, the, the other son, he's a conformity. He's stuck in conformity and he's still trapped in the self and he never grows. But then the prodigal son leaves, he, he sins, but he comes back enriched. So I would say that, um, yeah, there's no natural, there's no one way to do it. There's a left-handed path and the right-handed path. Mm -hmm. And so, it, yeah, just whatever you do, it's just, you just, just, just keep learning and evolving. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, the spiritual, the spiritual community so long as so long as there's people learning and, and growing now we know that a lot of it there there's a lot of self-confirmatory stuff and, and i'll just say like you 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 can get it's paradoxical in everything so like one example would be that the goddess you know when when the women call themselves goddesses there, there's a story of, of veda vati there's this in the hindus in the hindu scriptures where she believes that she's a goddess and then her and, and she believes that she's uh vishnu's consort but then her, her parents get upset because she won't marry anybody else because she wants to marry Vishnu. So then she ends up being killed by Ravana. But then she's reborn and she then marries Rama in their next life as Sita. So she was right. She was Vishnu's consort. Mm -hmm. And so an idea was like, okay, so, so yeah, she, she was, someone calling themselves a goddess. Maybe they're not crazy. Maybe they have like a real oneness consciousness and they recognize that they're divine and everything's divine. And maybe that's it, but that, that could be self-transcendent type of awareness, or it could also be self-confirmatory. Like I'm a goddess and, and, uh, and I can get whatever I want and I want to put people down and I'm special. And, and, uh, and it also can confirm the idea that there's men and women, 
and that we are our biological bodies. And that's not the flow. Because but they are, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like this. I'm like, stop rubbing it in our faces, okay? You're goddess, okay? <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of the comical approach. It's it's fun. It's funny, and, and and they're breaking. What I love about it is they're breaking free of the conformity of our culture. Where you know, like in, in like for instance, like in Jewish culture or in Christian culture, you don't want to ever say goddess because there is no goddess. There's only one God, and he's a man. You know, and that's 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 trapped in one uh, orientation and that's self-confirmatory. So it's beneficial that at least people are, are acknowledging the goddess and that's actually like, that can be really liberating. Mm -hmm. But we know that also, yeah, that, that there's a stage where you, where you dot that and then you can keep growing. And hopefully the goddess, the person who sees themselves as a goddess is not, it's not a self-confirmatory, but, but it, they're, they're, they're cultivating like a, a oneness consciousness and a mm -hmm. unity consciousness and a lovingness. And if not, they're going to face negative consequences and, and that might push them to it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, it could be that that's what they need for them to, yeah, experience this or that in their healing process. Uh, for men, um, I don't know, it's, uh, oh, we go good into the woods naked and uh, um, dance around a fire. And that's like our version of like, I'm a man, I'm, a, you know, um, so yeah, whatever floats their boats. I mean, God knows we want their boat floating, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, de it's definitely fun, dude. I, I love those parties, man. It's it's a yeah. But what's this uh, part where you're saying this uh, for the free love part? I think I left early the yes, uh, party early. Two days ago, I think. Were you there? Yeah, Sunday. And this house oh, with there. the cacao ceremony. Yeah, at the same house, it was there was like every everybody got in like ecstatic bliss, like and erupted into like naked dancing, pretty much. Okay, beautiful. Awesome. Nice. Um, good. What do you What do you feel like we could bring this to a close and hang out uh, next time? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, do another one. You want to do another one, Yoni? And then we could we can. Yeah, at some points. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I uh, would love to, yeah. You just uh, when when new things come through, you know. Yeah, and what one one more Yoni? I, I'm just preaching. I'm just preaching because I, I want to let out. I'm not really just talking to you, Yoni. I'm trying to talk to the people, so I can give yeah. them spiritual insight. Yeah. But right. but 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 one 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 thing. One of them I want to talk about, Yoni, is uh, one one realization I had about the itsy bitsy spider. That. Uh -huh. that that song again is about the, the the conflict between the sun and the the clouds. Itsy bitsy spider goes up the water spout, down comes the rain and washes the spider out. That's the clouds. That's a cloud god, Indra. Up came the sun and dried up all the rain. Itsy bitsy spider went up this cloud, went up again. That's a sun god. Okay. And and the idea behind this is, yeah, there's no formula. The 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 storm god is on Vishnu's side, and and it's more conservative. And. And that's, you know, it's the rain and it blocks the sun, but the, the sun is more physical and it's more related to knowledge and power. And that's why it joins Shiva's side. And you could have a balance of those and you can go all out in one or the other, but either way, the idea is there's no formula is going to get you to the, to, to the self transcendence, but 
the idea is like if you if you look at the Hindu mythology, the sun worshippers are worshiping the sun and they go all out doing that, but then they ultimately get to worshiping Shiva, which more represents the oneness consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then Indra, mm-hmm. the same thing. So so when you're when you're doing either one of those formula formulaic, you know, I'm taking the right handed path, left handed path. Ultimately, it all leads to the same place. And that's the idea. And that's what you see in the Mahabharata, where you have these two sides. Who's really the good side? None of them. They all kill each other, and all the, the, the gods are destroyed. And that's the idea of moving away from the idea that they're separate individual things. Okay, there's a rain god, there's a storm god, there's a, a sun god, there's a river god. All of them are killed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the point is. Because where you transcend the idea of separate separateness, to the oneness consciousness that there is no thing and that's the flow that's a non-dual that's what i think it's about cool i really didn't i never really got the non-dual stuff but I, yeah, i'm not sure it's tough yeah i you know i i sometimes <laughs> don't get it either but that's a big part of the quadrant model that's the fourth quadrant the flowing quadrant because mm-hmm. because the third quadrant is the ego one but then there is that non-dual uh flow yeah we should talk next time about the quadrants but you watched your video with your grandma talk um yeah, yeah. but uh we, we should talk about that when we meet so we could get i could get a better idea um what's the deal there it seems interesting yeah yeah i mean yeah i, I kind of like the, the model teaches me constantly because i have to work with it so I have to get deeper understanding of all of it. So that's why I'm Good. constantly studying, you know. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good. But yo, it was it was really a pleasure, dude. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I want to keep in contact and and uh, keep 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 touching base with me. And cool. uh, and let's uh, let's continue uh, exploring and discovering and researching. Mm-hmm. yeah thanks thanks so much for the invitation it's uh, been a lot of fun it's the first podcast i've been on awesome. uh so uh thank you um and uh um yeah it's it's a it's nice to be able to just speak uh, speak my mind and share uh, thoughts and ideas and um yeah i would love to to chat some more and yeah check out your quadrant um uh philosophy there and you ha- i gave you the um, videos from that tumblr page right quadramobreality.tumblr.com so you can check out the videos too yeah 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 um yeah i'm watching them so uh thanks bro yeah i loved it man that was a was a great experience great. yeah yeah it's fun it was fun it, it, it gets like uh, i love the podcast because it gives you an excuse to like go just just engage in like philosophical talking you know, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, you, and you feel like you're you're getting something out of it because you can share it. You know, uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. Someone listens to this and takes something. It would be awesome. Also, I want to send this to my family and friends and uh, tell them, is this interesting at all? Or uh, you know, uh, so interesting to 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 hear. I think they'll get something out of it. You know. I know all I know is I've studied for a long time a lot of these spiritual concepts. So there at least at least I can give in part some of my research. Yeah, that's fun. The stories, yeah. 
I like it. Cool, man. Um, thanks again, and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, thanks so much, bro. Talk to you later, man. Mm -hmm. Bye.